0: Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodge Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs.
1: Prepare to be underwhelmed.
0: And away we go. It's been a couple weeks since recorded. I mean, I guess we're still on the same train that we've, we've been for the past couple of weeks where it's uh, we record, I start editing right away, something comes up, I don't edit for another week. And then I'm like, Oh, it's been two weeks since we posted, but then it's about, you know, 10 to 12 days between episodes. So that ends up being uh, something that is uh, usually right on time. So that's not bad. Um, so uh, we were planning to record last night, but then I had some uh, hiccups on my end where, uh, you know, uh, I'm a public rideshare bike service that I pay for uh, is about worth its weight in sawdust um, since uh, I was on my last training run for the summer and three bike stations were all out of bikes. So there was no way in hell I was going to get home in time, uh, to do mm. this and not sit here and record in my, uh, sweaty aftermath of a, uh, short two mile run. Um, but the, the good news is the, the race that I was training for is this weekend. Uh, so luckily that will not have any more big training runs where I'm devoting three hours of, uh, my night to just going and generating uh sweat so that that's a little bit better so uh looking forward to a little bit more stability uh on this uh going forward but i w- i probably would have um I, I was not going to be in a, a good recording mood last night so that's why it was easier we just pushed it to tonight so that's good
1: yeah so well i can say well i'm excited for that because you can actually you know i, mean, I don't know maybe we can put a little rick and don symbol on your shirt do some uh do some guerrilla marketing you can show up be like yeah i'm sponsored what's well, what so we really podcast. need to get uh
0: to get some of our more graphic uh graphically inclined friends to do some uh um to do redo our, our logo for us so um yeah. that's what I, I talked to to Allie about doing one a, a long time ago and then just never really did anything else and the the era of me doing anything that is of production quality or of decent quality, um, or high fidelity from, from my brain to actually, uh, you know, conception to, uh, to end result, uh, kind of went the way of the pirated Photoshop software in 2002. So, um, (laughs) that's, uh, no longer a possibility there.
1: No, I'll, I'll talk to her again because I know, uh, she's got some free time possibly. So I'll talk to her again, see how much that's going to, see what, see what dealios we can work out.
0: But, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on this, uh, in a little bit, but that was, uh, you had posted a, a made a video for some of the, one of the topics that we wanted to, to talk about this week. So, um, we can do that in, in any order. Um, but, uh, you had attended Southeast game exchange and put up a, a YouTube video for, uh, your hall there. And you had a pretty, uh, snazzy, uh, intro, uh, video, bumper there too so that was yes that was pretty cool so uh, uh I, I did like that
1: yeah i i found some free use ones online um those were all fine like like i used to be able to do that i just have to get used to this editing software mm-hmm. and like there's so much of it it's, so i'm using hit film and a lot of it is um really uh blocked off behind paywalls okay and so the I've had editing software before, except I've never had to deal with a, a paywall like that. And I don't know where my pirated, I, uh, um, um, uh, my pirated copy of Sony pro Vegas is um, somewhere. So, um, so I was deciding whether or not if I actually want to pay for hit film, if I'm going to have to pay for something, I'd rather pay for something decent and not have everything blocked off. Cause the pack that I, I know I need, like you can do some of that, um, but the pack that I know I need is at least fifty bucks, um, and then they're like, because I'm not going to do any like special effects work or anything, just create some graphics and that kind of stuff within the um, within that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I, there's a lot of stuff I need to get going for that anyway. Um, but I've just decided after some uh, some more developments, which I'll tell you about off off mic. Um, that I'm just gonna basically do whatever, do whatever the fuck I feel like doing. Um, because I'm, I am i want to say I'm like tired of being like, cons- like considerate for certain things, but I'm gonna like, you know, I've got six, maybe six months to a roughly 11 months before like I would be overseas. So I just want to, I want to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm stay side.
0: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: So, um, yeah. So, like, I've been wanting to do the YouTube thing for a really long time. And, like, if you tell me it's 80 bucks for fucking lighting, 10 bucks for a fucking lapel microphone, you know, and fucking I've already got the camera like, you know, and the lighting that lighting kit includes a fucking green screen four lights. You tell me that and then fucking maybe 50 to 80 bucks for editing software. I'll just fucking spend it and edit videos and do that is something i could basically add to my skill set on top of it while making content so um which makes it easier because my plan is if i can um so i guess as long about race uh way to to go about this but um yeah so i did go to southeast game exchange uh this past weekend and where was that uh greenville south carolina now those of you you generally know that greenville uh Correction, not Greenville, uh, South Carolina is generally one of my no travel states. <laughs>
0: yeah, that uh. <laughs> uh, that was generally a even though when I lived in North Carolina, you know, we drew drove south a, a handful of times. Uh, it was very much a drive as drive through as quickly as possible state. So if it was possible for it to be a flyover state while driving through it, it was pretty much that that way for me.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So um, I will say that. Um, it was the best I like. So I've always been like not necessarily like um, baffled, but I've always been intrigued by the way that you um, always talk about conventions and all the ex- the fun and stuff you have at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And I was finally able to have an experience where I understood where that was coming from, uh, where you'd be coming from feeling that way. OK. Um, I met a ton of cool people. Um, I met a, a ton of uh, smaller YouTubers, um, who were all really nice. You know, um, we talked, uh, I hung out, uh, hung out with them. Uh, I specifically met, uh, J love, uh, 81, who's a smaller YouTuber. Um, and she was super chill. We actually hung out. I did an interview for uh, her channel, um, and And all that, so it was like really fun, um you know, I actually was able to i like, talked about you know the podcast and, and doing that and everything, but everybody was like super nice, everybody was like it just the atmosphere um uh, because it was kind of small, there were a lot of people, but it was small, just the atmosphere there of being able to sit there and be able to start a conversation with someone mm-hmm. um it made me wish that I was going to those. Instead of basically worrying about all that time, like playing magic, I, it made me wish that I just like knew about those, and that's what the kind of experience I'd be getting. Well, I mean, even for
0: me, that was that was kind of the reasoning behind still wanting to go G- to GP- GPs. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, similar to like the experience we had at like GP Charlotte a couple of years ago, where it was like mm-hmm. I didn't play one round of Magic the entire weekend, but it was still there for you know the community aspect of it, the conventionality of it, and the fact that you know GPs have turned into like little mini um, conventions and and just doing just that as mm-hmm. opposed to having the all the pressure and need and desire and all the other stuff to, to do the playing. It's just like, no, just like go and have fun and meet people and talk and do all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I felt like the, the, those conventions were basically really set up, um, from at least what I've seen and the way that the, that community is like really open and just excited um about meeting people and talking to people like that's something i personally never experienced in the magic community i've gone to gps and you know obviously you know had fun but you know i'm at the point now where it's like i don't feel like i could basically walk into a gp by myself and feel like i'd have a really good time mm-hmm. you know um at a gaming convention it, at least from what I experienced at Southeast Game Exchange, I have to, you know, go to more to see if it stays, but I um, I think it would probably be pretty level. Like, I made, like, I just, you know, met a whole bunch of people, like, not even just, you know, like, um, I added, I think I added, like, I added, like, four or five people on Twitter, and then a whole, like, different people on Facebook. Like, I haven't done anything like that outside of college in a very long time, where... I've been able to like just meet people and be able to connect and some connect uh immediately connect with people um, which was which was pretty fun and made me definitely want to go to like more of these um within the immediate uh within the immediate future um just because I like it was fun I got a lot of good deals um I like how uh, many, but- like, how
0: many total pieces of game swag would you say, like, you ended up with, like, coming home with? Because, I, I mean, in your, 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 uh, video, which I mean, obviously we'll definitely link to, um, like it just, you just, it was like Mary Poppins' goddamn carpet bag where you just kept pulling stuff out of there where it was little yeah. by little. And then, you know, the games would get smaller, then they would get bigger. And, uh, so it, it was something where it seemed to be, uh, a pretty decent haul, like, uh, for the entire weekend.
1: Yeah, so there's actually two videos because what I um wanted to do was so the there are a lot of uh, there's there's become an issue with counterfeit games, okay. Um, and so for the second video, I took four the high dollar item, higher dollar items that I got. Um, it basically sat down, opened those up, um, to basically verify the boards, that kind of stuff, and I did all that. So at least people could at least learn a little something about. Authentic,
0: uh, authenticating.
1: authenticating a cart. Nice. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. And that way if I decided to do the, you know, go super hard with the YouTube thing, I can always chop that footage up into smaller ones. Um, so that way, because that's a resource that, um, there are like resources and stuff you can use online for that, but it's not, is those resources are kind of hard to find. You have to dig through pages, all that. Because I remember when I first started getting my big ticket, some of my big ticket games that I have, um, I had to dig through Google search, you know, I'm on like page three or page four Google searches <laughs> after digging through form after form after form, mm-hmm. just to make sure I, I have the right board in front of me. Um, you know, especially with considering the local, um, almost said trading card store. Um, the local retro game store actually doesn't own bits, um, security bits to open up their, the things that they're selling. To verify
0: as far as like hex bits
1: yes okay uh which is insane because generally you would at least want to clean your product and i don't know if you're gonna sell me a 280 dollars game can you make sure it's real yeah i mean authenticated in
0: some way <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so yeah so um a uh, southeast game exchange was totally fun um and uh, i'll tell you i i uh, I was able to basically um, do what I necessarily wanted to do, and I'd probably go up if we after when we finish up tonight, I'll uh, tell you a little bit more uh, basically about that uh, a little in depth. Um, so what were some of your favorite pieces that you picked up? Oh uh, so um I unfortunately, so there's a couple games that i'm lo- I've been looking for um, i uh I love the unlicensed games for uh the NES, um mostly because it reminds me of something my mom would have bought me like okay. she's still alive like and it's something she could still theoretically still buy me <laughs> but like growing up those are the games i know she would have like she would have bought me like she would have bought me a copy of captain comic or she would have fucking bought me bible buffet yeah and been like here you go because it was like a fucking dollar fifty mm-hmm. and i'd be like mom this game is absolutely fucking trash <laughs> And she would be like, and then she would wash my mouth out with soap, and then I would blow bubbles with it and keep swearing, just so I could keep having an excuse to put soap in my mouth and blow bubbles. Um, you know, you know, I know, it's a complete diatribe. But when we, when like, when your punishment style is thwarted by an eight-year-old, like, <laughs> I, I don't think it goes up from there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So the, uh, so I look for pieces like that. Um, the one game I've absolutely been dying to get my hands on is called Super Noah's Ark 3D. Uh, which is basically a Wolfenstein three clone ish or not Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 3d clone-ish, clone ish clone kind of thing where you're Noah and you're shooting goats in the face with apples to put them to sleep. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. It's so terrible and I love it. So, uh, unfortunately I was not able to get my copy of super Noah's arc 3d at Southeast Cam- exchange. Uh, I only saw one copy and it was rated, um, And I don't believe in grading items, um, especially where the item still has a functional use. So like I can kind of get understand grading comic books. I can kind of understand that. I don't see the point of grading trading cards because you can still play with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially when they're like used, like I don't understand what the point of grading a piece of power. Like I, I understand it. Theory. Like, Theoretically, but I don't understand the practicality of it. Um, and I definitely don't understand grading video games, especially when it's not sealed. Um, it makes no sense to grade an open fucking box. Yeah. Um, which people will do because they'll take, you know, so um, I didn't get a chance to get that. I didn't get a chance to get a Sunday Funday or Bible Buffet, um, which those games are very expensive. Uh, well, expensive-ish. Um, and... Uh, there weren't just a lot of unlicensed games there in general, which kind of bummed me out. Um, I love, I, as I said, like, I love unlicensed games. I totally know if I had an NES growing up, my mother would have bought me action 52, which you can link a uh, gameplay of. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's 52 games on one NES cartridge and they're all garbage. Like they don't work any of that. Like I could see like that would, that would have definitely been my childhood. Like if I was a few years older, she would have gotten me that and be like, "I got you a new NES game." Be like, "Oh shit! It's like not Ducktales. It's fucking Action 52. She's like, "There's fifty two games and they're all bad. Um, they all don't work. Uh, it's terrible." And if you well, so well, I tell look up gameplay and you'll see how bad it is. Um, but I was able to get a copy of Spiritual Warfare on the Game Boy uh, on the Game Boy. Um, It is basically a Zelda Light clone. Um, and what was it called? It's actually not spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Okay. Yes. Um, I played it for about forty seconds. Uh, before one of the panels started, I had uh, met uh this dude named Chance down there, and we actually. Seems like a pretty tilt dude. He lives about an hour hour outside of uh, Raleigh here. So um, he let, he had a Game Boy Color on him. And I was like, dude, I really want to fucking play this right now. Tossed me the Game Boy Color and I played for about five minutes. It's, it's not bad. Um, you basically shoot she heathens with fruit and to save their souls. Um, and it's like a weird little adventure game. And it w- didn't play bad. Did I learn anything about the Bible? No. Did I laugh maniacally as I shot people with the Pairs of God or whatever it was called? Yes. Um, but that was that was pretty fun. Um, I picked up that. Uh, I picked up uh, a copy of Ninja Gaiden Trilogy for the Super Nintendo, um, which is basically the first three Ninja Gaidens all put together. Um, it's one of the rarer Super Nintendo games. Um, and I also picked up Ninja Warriors, which has about the same rarity um, that I saw. Uh, one of my mom's friends when I was growing up actually had a Super Nintendo and this was the game he would never let me fucking play. <laughs> so, yeah, fucking 100 bucks later, I fucking, you know, was like, OK, I got it. Like, <laughs> Um but yeah, so I picked up that I didn't pick up anything super crazy. Um, there was a Caltron six in one cart there that I desperately, I actually really wanted, but the dude was not being reasonable on the price. Um, if he was, that would have actually been my only pickup for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a very expensive cart. Um, and, uh, that I would have blown all my money and been like, Oh, okay, well we're done. <laughs> um, cause I've actually been looking for one of those two. Um, but, yeah, so, no, it was a lot of fun. The panels were good. I went to a and a panel that wasn't straight trash.
0: Okay. I mean, that's based on all uh, of the, uh, you know, all of the, the commentary and reviews of, of the Q&A panels we've had in the discussion here for, you know, the past amount of time. Um, that is going to be far and away. You know, let's just call that a success and, and move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like we basically just sat down and because the dude the uh the dude that was hosting it was pretty chill, like it was basically just like a conversation with a large group of folks. Um and because those are there the was best
0: like q cuz they just flow. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. Uh it was real nice um you know uh I asked a couple of questions that were probably stupid but um you know it was cool like uh and the one thing that i really did like was i i loved how all the youtubers uh basically were basically supporting each other Mm -hmm. um so it's like they were they had their own their own little network which was actually pretty cool and i really enjoyed that um and support system so that was actually really cool to see um like all the vendors they were cool um I mean, there was a point where I had never expected to be at a convention, a video game convention, and basically pay some yard sale prices for games. Um, there was uh, one vendor who was doing like three for uh, three games for five bucks. Now all the games weren't like great, but like at that point, you're paying yard sale prices. Did you? I, I didn't care. I actually, took some of that stuff. I had spent uh, twenty two dollars or twenty dollars. Um, on 28 games, I was supposed to split that with another person. I didn't feel like splitting it completely. Uh, so I took the extra stuff I didn't want and took it to uh, uh, one of the other booths and said, I'm not asking for the moon. What can you give me trade credit? And they threw me a number, and of course, it was higher than what I spent, which was a buck a game. And that's actually how I got Spiritual Warfare. Nice. Um, I mean that goes
0: back all the way to episode yeah, number so, two where you talk about magic trading and you know what what can yep. you get for the paperclip. So uh, I mean that's definitely worth your time for
1: the weekend there. Yep. So um, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of good haggling. Um, you know, I picked up some master systems. Like it, it had been so. What's funny is I had I realized I had been so game starved like seeing stuff I didn't own after so many conventions of mm. going to this go going that like my first purchases were just so stupid. Um, like I, I bought a, I bought an NVS cart for the Neo Geo cabinet. Um, it was just weird. Like if you take it by bag, you would have just been like, is it Neo Geo cart, a Bible game, McKid's kids,
0: yeah, that was a nice tool. I like that one in your uh, in your video, the <laughs> kids like it was one I've never like played, but it was one I like I'd seen talked about again back in the game pro era. Um, so those were, were funny to, to see that one uh, called out there.
1: And um, yeah, so I mean, it was it was an absolute um, like it was like you just been like, what in the world are you thinking? And in truth, I, I part of me wasn't thinking <laughs> I was just so focused on seeing games. I hadn't like games i had never seen before in person and basically trying to keep like I saw, um, I saw some, uh, stadium events. Um, I saw little Samson in person, which was cool. Um, little Sam, I think, I believe we talked about little Samson on our 300 best games of all time list. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so I got to see $1,500 game in person, which was nice. Um, And uh, yeah, so it was just like a really overall fun experience Um, and uh, mostly because I finally, for one of these things, I finally basically decided to just sort of be in charge of what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. If that makes, if if that makes any sense. And like, so, you know, I just basically, it's like, Hey, it's like, I made these new friends. I want to hang out with them. That's what I did instead of, you know, trying to, to, to placate everything. Um, so
0: well, I mean, that's kind of in all of the prep, um, work that you do for the con and have, and having an idea of what you want to do. Um, And I mean, even a lot of the other blogs that I follow for just conventions in general, like, I mean, it always ends up being like step one, have it planned step two, be flexible. So as long as you end up are flexible and you're able to maintain, um, you know, stuff inside there, it makes a lot of sense because you're able to again as long as you're doing something that you want to do you don't have to do all of it to feel successful um but it mm-hmm. is something that you're able to do just to be able to be happy about it and feel like you're you know interacting with people like you said you met people you hung out with them you were you were there talking doing things for the whole reason of being there so just because you're not talking to every vendor on the floor doesn't mean it's not you know a, a
1: success or something right Um, like there were a lot of vendors too. It was awesome. Like it was, it was nice to see a variety of stuff, um, all over. So it was actually pretty cool. Um, there was one vendor that literally had a table that was trying to clear it off. That was selling games off for fucking 50 cents a piece. And like, Oh, is it anything to write home about? Not really. But like, you know, I picked up three games for the Wii for like fucking 75 cents a piece for the Wii U. I picked up and I could have picked up the new uh, mass effect three on top of that. Like, I mean, you know, it was just nice, nice little Wii U filler for the library. I picked up a couple 3ds games for a dollar a piece. Like it was like seeing that kind of stuff was like really cool. And just seeing how the, the camaraderie, which is something that for me personally, we've we kind of talked about it, not to go back to magic, but like the camaraderie of the community supporting itself, mm-hmm. that that was nice. like, you know um and like the it felt like
0: just, it's been missing from a lot of the other stuff that you've yeah. been doing that you know should have a yes. a community built around it
1: yeah like you know it was cool because somebody was like hey like there was a dude that traded a 400 to gather there was a dude that traded a $400 game to my friend for basically 250 like just because he was like I didn't I don't have what this is worth in it I really want that I'm more than happy trading across for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, that's the kind, yeah, like that's the kind of stuff where it's like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I miss. Like that was the kind of thing and that camaraderie is what like would draw me to, to stuff in the first place. Like I had so much fun. I'm literally, I've literally been contemplating about going to one in Arlington, Texas. <laughs> and like, <laughs> no, th- just that's because a track like, and a half. yeah. And like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, well, you know. Because I realized, you know, because I was thinking about it, especially over this weekend, like, I was all set to play in Richmond, play Legacy in Richmond. And after that weekend, I go, I I sat there, I was realizing, like, you know, a couple days after thinking, I'm like, if I go to Richmond, I'm not going to have any fun. Mm -hmm. I only know one person that's going. None of, you know, it's like none, I don't want to say like none of my friends are going, but the majority of the people that I would know I could definitely have a super quality time with aren't going to be there. So it's kind of just like, you know, I want to go and sell some stuff anyway. So why even worry about the hotel?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Why not just go up because it's close enough. Yeah. And you know, that's not to shit on magic or anything, but it's just one of those things where it's like, it's not something I feel like I can enjoy. I can't enjoy that experience by myself.
0: Well, and similarly, like I mean, the the next big magic event that's here is there's a, a GP in Milwaukee, I think, in November or December, and so I'm planning to go to that. But I, I'm pretty sure it's standard. I'm definitely not going to be playing that in the main event. Um, uh, so the, I mean, there's no point for me like registering the main event if I'm not doing that. So it's basically same thing. I'm just going to yep. go up, drive up, walk around, see the vendors, sell some shit and, you know, call it a day type thing, yep. um, maybe playing a side event depending on what they actually have running there. Um, but it's kind of the same thing where it's like, I'm not, uh, and it's very interesting. I'll, I'll link to an article that uh, Brian Braun posted, posted um, today about competitive magic and like the pressure you put on yourself and uh, to be like self-induced uh Mm -hmm. pressure and um uh drive to do better where it ends up being an unhealthy thing as opposed to a healthy thing so it's kind of the same thing where like as opposed to doing that self-imposed uh anxiety of going to a magic event and playing in the magic event because that's what you have to do or that's what you should do just instead of just going and having a good time because that's what you want to do or you know, having a specific set of things that you want to do for you makes the most sense as opposed to feeling out of like a, a sense of obligation or something just because it's, you know, it mm-hmm. is event XYZ. You have to do, you know, exactly what mm-hmm. everybody else is doing. Then yeah, no, just, you know, screw it. Do what you want and do it for you for the reasons you yep. want to.
1: Yep. And, and that was, it was, it was different too, because like I've gone to like these conventions and stuff and um, there hasn't necessarily been like pressure on it, but like there has been like certain, I don't want to say like expectations, or I don't, because like I, because I go to those not with anything in mind. I, I just go, I go wanting to enjoy myself. It's not like I'm going immediately to try and be a curmudgeon about it, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go, I want to have fun. That's why I'm like willing to spend the money. That's why I don't fucking care. That's why I'm, you know, like, and it's just like those, they've always had letdowns in some way. Um, you know, and that's kind of basically like and and that's basically been my thing. Um, I'm tired. You know, I'm tired of the convention letdowns. And I didn't experience with this uh, with Southeast uh, Game Exchange. So, like, I'm really looking forward to maybe going to another one or maybe seeing people that I've met or, you know, that kind of stuff. Because, you know, if I feel like I'm one of those people where it's like I don't mind spending time alone. I don't mind that. I don't mind doing stuff by myself. The best, my best movie trip in my entire life. I went. It was like four days after Christmas, like three years ago, and I went maybe three or four years ago, and I went to see Interstellar in theaters by myself. Mm -hmm. Fantastic experience. I had my little bucket of popcorn, my little drink. I just drove down there. Had stopped by the local game store, looked at some stuff. Was like okay. Waddled my way over to the theater. And watch Space Batman. And it was fantastic. I enjoyed. Um, like I, I enjoyed. that. I don't mind doing things by myself. Um, and for something like. like For like Retrofalooza. Let's say I don't know anybody that's going to go. Um, like, but if I go to the event. And have a fun time at the event. Just talking to people. And meeting new people. And making new connections. And, and getting tips. About games and stuff i that's that's more than enough for me Mm -hmm. and that's one of those things too it's that like if those experiences aren't happening for me i'm not going to go back to them like it's like with supercon those experience like it was cool meeting um you know it was cool meeting uh the Mm -hmm. folks from how did this get booked um and they have another podcast. So, uh, Jake Manning has another podcast that I actually uh, recommend checking out because uh, I think he, I think personally you'd get a kick out of it because they talk about the uh, life death or life career and death of uh, professional wrestlers that have passed.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh, Which one's that?
1: Uh, it's called Ten, 10 Bell Pod. Okay. I think is the name of it. Um, but that one's actually pretty good. They just I listened to the episode today they did about Chris uh, Candio. Uh, Candino, excuse me. Um, they did one about Batman Bigelow, that kind of stuff. Uh, Dino, something I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so like those were like all that stuff. It was cool meeting them, but like the rest of the con was so shoddily put together. And, and of course the wrestling match was fun too. But like uh, the experiences there were, were for something that I enjoy regularly, unique to the convention if that makes any sense no absolutely um you know yeah like i mean i could i could have stumbled across their podcast on my own and just been like holy shit or i could have gone to see mm-hmm. that quality of a level of a wrestling match on my own and just been like oh that was really fun but like the convention didn't allow me to do those like it just happened to be what i did to keep sane during the during my time there so um yeah, so I'm definitely looking at them. I'm probably gonna end up blowing up our group chat to see if I can bully some people into going <laughs> to these, just to watch them enjoy it, like to watch them enjoy themselves. Because all it takes is literally just finding some of the games you had it as a kid, and then you see the price on them, and then you just go, "Oh fuck this!" Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna buy these. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 all it fucking takes, dude. There was the I have a game that I've been looking for for a really long time that I didn't buy, um, that I had as a kid that I got game got rid of it to GameStop for a quarter Uh, so I could play the counter counter strike on an Xbox that uh, my friend had showed me just like I didn't have we didn't even have fucking we had dial-up internet like we're talking like two thousand you know five or Mm -hmm. six or whatever we had fucking dial-up we didn't have I couldn't play the game with other people outside of bots I just wanted to sit there and try and have a hobby or something in common with a friend to connect with. And like that game, the fact that I got rid of that game, I still have the fucking box for it. It's actually downstairs and I've not been able to find it at a reasonable price. Um, but like I saw that there and you know, uh, that, that game there and I saw other stuff and like, you know, remembering games that I played as a kid, or just like seeing snippets of playing. Like for the longest time, I thought Ninja Warriors was fucking Mortal Kombat, because like my mom's friend that had that Super Nintendo never fucking let me play that game, and he kept telling me it was the wrong fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, it, just stuff like that, and and just to see other people immediately connect on something, just to be like, because it's weird, like it's you don't get like, it's something that it's fundamentally different because you don't get this experience. I want to say like, I hate to keep comparing it to magic, but it's like the only thing that sort of has like the similar kind of connection about it. Like, or it would probably be, it's more along the lines of akin to if you were to go to like something where, um, where it's specifically media based, like a comic book or something where you could sit there and be like, Hey man, have you read that story yet? Have you read that Frank Miller's run a Dild- daredevil? That was really good. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. I love that. That's why I'm buying this fucking Omnibus just for this shit. And you're like, Oh shit. And like, you can talk about that. It was that same kind of thing where it was almost that immediate connection. I want to say a, like the, a, 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 like immediate understanding of the idea that was commu- being communicated. Um, you know, I sat there, I was at one booth and I was actually sitting there. Um, the convention organizers, uh, brother was like getting slowly getting back into games and he was really confused about what to get. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm like pointing at all these like $2 games and I'm like, dude, this game's fun. This game's fun. Like check this one, this one, you know, like that one's good. That's only five bucks. Get that, you know, like just to be like, for that kind of stuff. And, like, there was a guy that had Sega stuff that I talked to for, like, 15 minutes that we were just sitting there going back and forth because at these. At, not a lot of people love Sega.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I grew up playing Sega. I fucking love it. Um, yeah, I mean, similar I, to me,
0: where, the, like, I had the nintendo series at my mom's and i had sega at my dad so like i had love for both of them of being able to have the games on both of them and i had you know Mortal Kombat 2 for both systems um and having that where you know one had blood the other didn't type thing so uh that was i i definitely have love for both of those there and, well i mean we've talked yeah, about like so... game boy versus game gear and stuff like that too so i mean mm-hmm. just all all of the yeah. Sega brand
1: <laughs> yeah like you know, it was just cool as we we're going back and forth talking about you know games we should check out or like I have a game like a like I asked to do it. Dude, I was like I, I was able to spy the game and the art. It's like hey man, I'm like not to freak you out or anything, but like I see you have this game. Are you familiar with it? I just like found that like a few months ago. I haven't had a chance to play yet. Is it any good? And he's like telling me about the game and everything. I'm like okay, cool. So like we we're going back and forth and he's showing me what he got. Like that like that immediate like that kind of like immediate familiarity just because of a certain shared experience was like really cool. Um, and like, you know, you know, it was just, it, it was a, like a nice thing to have a positive, uh, um, affirmation of, of that hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's that's oh, just the way that it's been for me. It's always just been a hobby and 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 that. So that was like really cool. And um, it was, it was like I I don't I I rem, like I think the best way for me to, to summarize all of it is that it was a weekend in which I was excited for the next moment within the weekend so it was like whether it be i was talking to somebody or meeting someone or doing something it felt like uh each thing was a new experience that i was i was looking forward to so um like it was it was real fun um i definitely if i'm still stateside next year when they do it i will most likely be going back it got me to the point where um like I was not only was I like thinking about that, but I was actually thinking about what, what I was going to do with my collection anyway. Um, when I moved and I pretty much decided I'll just pay for, I'll pack. I, I was obviously going to downsize cause I'm not taking that Neo Geo cabinet with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but what I'll do is I'll just pack up what I can of it and just take it with me. Like, I mean it's better than letting it sit in my you know my mom's closet. It's probably only going to be about th- after I downsize some stuff. Um for the, some of the systems and stuff I don't like. I mean the master system stuff, the dreamcast stuff, the saturn stuff, the gamecube stuff, the n64 stuff, all I don't have a ton of it and that all just fits in one fucking tin or one bin. You throw in the handheld stuff with that. The biggest library I have right now is probably the ps2 which i don't like so i'd be getting rid of most of that and then the uh original nintendo and then that's what three totes
0: yeah it's not bad at all
1: yeah like you know i could get like three totes across the fucking ocean somehow <laughs> maybe four uh, that's feasible and that's not gonna that's gonna be expensive but it's not gonna be you know backbreaking Hopefully so you know I just I was like fuck it I'll just take it like I'll use it over There and I could just Add to like I just add to it And and when I come back over it you imagine it's probably just Another fucking tote so instead Of three to four totes it's four to five Like You know I just Figured why not just have fun with it and You know and, and just do that and if I'm doing the YouTube Stuff I can work that into it too So you know it's all about basically making sure I do the decisions that are the soundest for me and and bring me the most the most happiness so um yeah i mean i I had so much fun I'm looking at trying to see if I can curtail my trip into Japan into uh Savannah video game Expo. <laughs> Uh, cause that's in November too. So I want to see if I can go overseas, bring back some goodies and then maybe try and, you know, show them off or, or whatever at that, uh, event, maybe trade them off. So, um, yeah, like it was fun. It was, it was a really good experience and it, I definitely want to keep checking them out. Um, at least while I'm stateside.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, finally seeing the, uh, the result of, uh, you know, having the, the positive, uh, you know, experience there ends up being something where it it makes you want to kind of keep digging into it. And when you can kind of go from there into the next, uh, you know, the next thing and kind of keep that going and keep it rolling and, you know, seeing those people and maybe like taking some of those people, Uh, to the next event or meeting back up with them at the next event and having it be a positive experience as opposed to coming away with something where it was just like, this wasn't worth my time. This wasn't worth my money. This, you know, makes me feel worse. Mm -hmm. So having that actually be a very positive thing is, is awesome to hear. Um, And having it be something that is worth your time uh, is an interesting uh, point to uh, make a transition to the other topic uh, we wanted to to cover um, uh, this week, which was, uh, you know, the the latest WWE pay-per-view where most of us, uh, or most of us, yeah, All two of us. Um, most of the time, uh, you know, lately it's been something where, uh, has that even been worth our time to watch? Um, and so the, when you pointed out about, uh, the, um, episode for for backlash from uh, how did this get booked uh, i'm very eager to uh, to to jump into that one to see kind of what they had talked about uh there uh because i'm sure there's plenty of expletives in that one uh, as soon as i uh, get through all of my fantasy football episodes that i've queued up um and so this was something where uh going into it it was being built as a super long card like i would just kept looking at all the matches and was like this is gonna take forever um and so you know i was expecting to be like a seven hours of of just waiting for it to be over um and we we you did you watch SummerSlam? i don't remember if we ended up talking about that uh
1: yeah so i actually watched okay. it uh, i watched half of it tuesday night and then a half of it uh yesterday okay uh because i wanted to make sure i watched it um did you watch? Did you get a chance to watch Takeover or no? No, okay. I didn't have a chance to watch Takeover. Yeah, so that's what um, I
0: I call Takeover. But I I, I don't watch t- NXT during the week. Um, so it was just like just doing stuff in the background, like uh, background noise while cleaning up, moving stuff around, and, and doing some of that. And that was something that like every match there five. You know, simple matches, kind of what you were talking about, uh, with the, uh, Omega and Okada matches, um, where it's something where you can watch the match and know exactly what's happening. See the character arc in the match. Uh, it's well-performed. Everything is, is very well done. Um, And so I came away Saturday night, like every match just got progressively better. And that was well worth my two and a half hours of sitting there. And, you know, that alone by itself would have been worth 10 bucks for the month. Um, So there was a very, High yet very low bar uh, for SummerSlam uh, to come through. So it was. I, I was interested to, to kind of to get to this and get to talking about it um, to kind of see what you uh, what you were you thought of it as well. So with watching it Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean, how much of what the results were did you know ahead of time before watching it? Uh,
1: so I had actually I had a lot of it spoiled, um, unfortunately, just because of WWE Facebook. Or my mom was like, she told me, basically was like, oh, she like, oh, like, for instance, you know, just to cut to it. Like one of the, she's like, have you seen this yet? I'm like, no. And she was like, oh, well, Finn came out as the demon against Baron Corbin. And I'm like, well, he just fucking told me who won. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, it, it, when Finn Balor comes out as the demon, he's winning. Like, I don't, especially the way that they've treated that, like.
0: Well, that was the one match where. Uh, we started watching it and we don't need to cover any of this stuff on the kickoff show, um, but I went to take Ollie for a walk during that so I could be back when, uh, you know, the actual uh, for us six o'clock start time rolled around. So there was still like discussion of like other matches getting added um, some other stuff. uh you know, being moved around, like what w- they knew, like some of the matches that were going to be kickoff shows, some of the matches that wouldn't. Um And so as the night went on, like I was looking at some of the other sites and like watching some of the re- like the, the live reviews and gradings and of the matches and that we were getting to matches that we hadn't yet hit the Finn Balor Baron Corbin match. So by the time, like we got to, um, by the time we got to like the women's championship and then the AJ Samoa match and uh, some of the other matches, I'm like, something is wrong here. Like the the f- longer the night goes on, like the, the higher to a hundred percent chance, like Finn is coming out as the demon because there's no way in hell, like they're just putting a vanilla Finn versus Baron Corbin match, uh, you know, fourth mm-hmm. from last on the card. Um, and so I, I, you know, that was something that that wasn't surprising once it actually happened, like the longer the night went on. Um, but that got back to some of the other points where, uh, it was, you know, a super quick squash match. So that match lasted uh, a minute and 29 seconds. Um, as opposed to, you know, if they were all regular length matches, that would have been a full seven hour night, but there were a number of matches that ended up going, um, very quickly based off of, uh, you know, traditional timing. Um, so it was interesting to see how they did some of that with uh, you know, two matches under two minutes, um, a couple other matches under five minutes, uh, so that they had, you know, a shit load of matches on the card, but they were all there were only a handful of them that were, you know, a regular match length.
1: Yeah, like I um I like I watched it and I was okay through the majority of it, but when it got closer to the main event, I definitely found myself kind of waning and, and like just wanting it to be over because like, so I, cause I broke it up over two days, um, mostly because I was falling asleep like an old person at 1030. So what did you um, get to, what did you get through, uh, on Tuesday? Uh, let's see. I had stopped right at the halfway point, so I think I stopped right before the age AJ because it was either I think it was right before the AJ Styles Samoa Joe fight. Okay, I think because I think that's why I started because uh I was upset that they didn't have the actual tabs on um for the matches yet so you could actually just skip to the next match. Oh, okay. So I watched uh I, and it was about that match I saw about like the majority of that like cut in and like it was around that time I was kind of definitely like on the second day I was kind of just you know I honestly was necessarily not putting up with the WWE shit but like because I think I had so much of the night spoiled for me. Yeah, I mean there wasn't much surprise. It, it was basically
0: like getting the beats or it wasn't yeah. suspenseful blah blah blah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, like, what wasn't spoiled, you know, uh, the, WWE, the WWE did a piss-poor job of um, pushing forward, like, building suspense to keep, like, to to intrigue people who might not have seen SummerSlam to see it, uh, a.k.a. buy it, mm-hmm. because they literally spoiled everything on their Facebook before Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, okay, like great, like what was the point of that? Like,
0: well, I mean, that's it's a big, it's an interesting, uh, kind of shift in what used to be, where, uh, you know, when we were growing up, and you had to buy the pay per view, and you know, it was X amount of dollars, you know say $40 for, you know, the live pay-per-view. And then you could get it later that night for cheaper, but then you could still get it like the re- and this was when you couldn't get it on demand, but you would have to pay for the, the re-airing. That was usually, you know, a Sunday night pay-per-view, Monday night raw. And then Tuesday night, they would rerun the, the pay-per-view um, and you would still end up paying like 20 bucks for that. So it was like, you know, 40 bucks, 30 bucks for the replay and then 20 bucks on a Tuesday. And so the, the fact that, they would still cover a lot of it, but you didn't have social media that would be so you know prolific and ubiquitous yeah. to be able to to spoil everything so easily right away and have all of that information right there. So it's almost like if you're not doing that, you have to go and do like your own little hidey hole to to stay away from it.
1: Yeah, and I wasn't like, and I wasn't going to necessarily do that for SummerSlam. It just didn't feel, I don't want to say worth it. Um, I mean, I I saw like some of the overall grade reviews on it, and it looked like the show got about a B minus um that main event can i I hate to skip all over that card but no we can jump around i mean i've got it what the hell was that main event all the way around
0: well i mean it was i mean it was Um, no different than what we expected it was a complete you know garbage fire um i feel betrayed that they actually just had you know brawn out there to keep people in their seats um so the the fact that like they were saying that he would you know should have cashed in blah blah blah, um, but that they just you know had him out there and, and it actually got me interested at a, a point where I was paying attention to a Roman Reigns slash Brock Lesnar match. So you know I'm very upset about that. Um, but other than that, you know it was just it was garbage. Like I I there's the understanding you know the the industry as a whole and then you know kayfabe and all of that stuff. But like. I just want nothing to do with Brock Lesnar. Like, I don't care. Um, I, I, you know, I hope his, his contract is done and he doesn't get resigned and he can go do whatever he wants with UFC. Um, like, I, I don't really care one way or another with Roman Reigns, but as long as he's on the show defending the belt, I don't really give a shit what happens. Um, so it just like it was about time and it was like three pay-per-views too late that that title change happened. Um, yeah. So the fact that, you know, it happened in six minutes and five seconds where, again, between... The two of them, they did, what, you know, four unique moves between Spears, Superman punches, and F5s, like, and um, and uh, the triangle choke. So, I mean, it, there wasn't anything unique. It's not a good match. Like, it was something that had to happen for a while. Um, and so the fact that, you know, it finally changed hands was, you know, just like, oh, okay, like, now I can... Uh, you know, close that, uh, close that that chapter and, and move on. So I'm glad it finally happened, but it like it wasn't anything like where it was something to write home about. It's like, it, like a, what are we supposed to do? Is it like the WWE creative like a toddler where they're like, oh look, we finished all our vegetables. It's like, well, no shit. We told you to do that. You're not going to get a pat on your back, but we have to act happy so that you won't, you know, not do it next time. Like, what's what's the point?
1: Yeah, I. I was super – I was glad that, like, they took the belt off of Brock finally. Uh, but that match was just a shit show. Um, <laughs> absolutely, like, I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, the main event started. And then I had – because I have this sweet – the the echo, I'm like, all right, pause. And then it paused, and uh, I saw how much time was left. And I'm as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. And then guess what? It was terrible. Yep. So um, like that was like that match should done. It's it's they're done with it. Like no more Brock, please. No more. Um, speaking of championship matches with UFC fighters. Uh, can we talk about that Alexa Bliss Ronda Rousey fight?
0: Yeah, I mean, just the uh, where, again, that was another one where if it was anything less than what it was, like, it would just be ridiculous. But again, this is something where it hadn't gotten to the point where I was tired of Alexa being a no-show champ because she's actually been there fighting regardless of all the other introduction of, of Natty and Mickey James unnecessarily mm-hmm. in, in some of the stuff. So she was there showing up and everything, but I just, I, I'm not a fan of just Alexa's ring work right now based on everybody else being there. Um so, mm-hmm. right, the fact, like, I mean, of just the way the match went down, I was perfectly fine because, again, even, there's no way in hell you're going to sell me, you know, Alexa defending that title in any clean way for Rhonda not to win. Um, no, whether or not, you know, Rhonda deserves it or whatever. That makes sense. You know, that's another thing. Um, but, like, I was happy for the way the match went down, but it was kind of awkward where I'm just, like, sitting there watching, like, Okay, like this has no flow to it. And all it is, is like just having like her either, you know, intentionally or they wrote it in a way that they needed to, where like, she just no sold anything that Alexa did. um, And so like, I saw a lot of commentary on both sides of that fence um, where it was a, you know, a problem for her not selling any of the moves, but it was just like in a, in any given way, like I can believe a lot of the stuff that would go down between something like Brock and Roman, um, but, like, there's no, no way I'm believing anything besides just, like, Ronda purely beating the shit out of, like, Alexa. Um, and so that was the only thing that made sense to me.
1: Yeah. So I realized something. Um, so I – let me just say – I'll just start off saying this. My favorite wrestler in the WWE right now is Sasha Banks. Okay. I think that she is – she knows what she's doing. I wish they gave her more... She knows how to get a reaction, especially with the boss character. And she's pretty good technically. With that being said, uh, they did not need to put that belt on Ronda with Alexa Bliss. Because I noticed the last time... I think the last Ronda Rousey match we actually got was... It was her and Nia Jax, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So... That match was actually okay, right? Her match, her tag match with Triple H at WrestleMania. That was because we've only got like three or four matches. All of her matches before then were, oh, okay, like good to to really good. Um, and it's a sad day when Nia Jax is so far above your champion wrestling skill wise that those matches look better than her match with Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. I did not think I like I'm just thinking about it. Like Rhonda's moves didn't look like they just they didn't look I don't want to say they necessarily didn't look like wrestling moves.
0: Well I I mean they're not. It's like it's a it's a judo hip toss and then some of the other stuff and I mean all the submission stuff and arm work and stuff where it it's the the main complaint where, and I'll give her on the credit. Like she, she plays it up a lot for WWE and it's come off a lot better than I expected it to, but it's the main reason I'm not a fan of Shayna Baszler as in the NXT and the, the kind of the role and character that they're playing there where it's just, it's a slow, uninteresting UFC Matt style, um, you know, take them to the ground, ground and pound and all of the, the moves that they're doing where, you know, they're not actually applying a lot of the moves that like it, they're looking like they're doing. Um, and it, there's like this one move where, you know, Shayna, the Kari Zane was laying flat on her stomach and Shayna like put her foot so that it was toes curled. Like you were normally like about to like press yourself up off the ground. And then just like stomps on the mm-hmm. back of her leg. Like, you know that you're not actually doing that because that would break your toes instantly. Um, so it just ends up being where you're, you're doing a lot more showmanship to bring UFC maneuvers into the wrestling world and mm-hmm. kind of play it up for the the bigger bump and, and trying to make it look real as opposed to just, you know, doing a lot more of than normal wrestling style, which I mean, I don't know, again, if it's just, you know, nostalgia, traditionalist or whatever, but it's just it's a to me, it's like it's more of a slow and clunky way as opposed to you know, seeing some of the, you know, high flying rope style action or whatever. So I, I understand trying to diversify, but then similarly, yeah, you're, you're not really doing wrestling moves when the majority of what you're doing is just a judo hip toss and yeah. getting them down on the ground and, and, you know, grinding yeah, their the wrist.
1: Like I've been, I've been, you know, hip toss before. It's not great, but I, you're not getting a fucking pin off of it. <laughs> You know, and like that, that, that move, I guess that was her, like her impact finisher where it's like the, either almost like the rolling senton, like that didn't look good. Mm-hmm. The, the one where it was like the almost like weird modified F5. Yeah. You know, sometimes she would have her up on her shoulders and just kind of like shake her off. I'm like, that didn't look any, that like that didn't like those. I, that stuff should have looked great, and honestly, I think, I think that falls on Alexa. Just to be perfectly honest, is that like, it's her job to sell that offense. There's no reason why she couldn't have gotten a little air off of that or or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that really falls on. I don't think like I don't. I'm not blaming. Like I don't think it's Ronda's fault. I think that was Alexa, and I think the for a match that was supposed to be so historic. Why not put her in there with a better worker? Like
0: one thing I did see was that and I didn't know this prior to last week, so I don't know how like I, I didn't see it. Um was that I mean Naya is apparently injured, so that's why she hasn't been on TV. She's been off resting or, or recuperating, recovering from some sort of injury. Um so I don't know if that was as a result from you know the last pay per view and and that match with all of that, and mm. they kind of um they that's why they gave the belt to Alexa at the time. So I don't know if that was part of that and how serious that injury was, um, or is. Um but yeah, I I agree. It ended up being something where uh I, I wasn't a fan of Alexa getting that belt back in this one where there could have been a much better match if it was with somebody else. But I think they had to to sell it up that way or I mean at at least where it was it was something where they couldn't have sold a much more competitive match but there could have been more of a selling job by Alexa for a lot of the impact that was done for those moves
1: yeah like um you know those those two championship matches like kind of uh bum me out I I can't believe I ever was gonna fucking say this but Kind of my p break match was the WWE Championship match. Uh, I'm which, right there with you. <laughs> like I, which I look, I fucking love Samoa Joe. I love AJ Styles. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Well, correction, it's cho- it was chocolate and peanut butter. You know, fucking ten years ago now it's moldy it's yeah. mold <laughs> so i
0: i mean I, i'm kind of the same way where again coming in like i wasn't a huge aj fan but you know after spending some time back in context um i i became a, a huge aj fan and seeing him work a bunch of different angles and stuff like it's still pretty awesome um seeing him able to styles clash samoa joe was was amazing um and I think this is, this is an interesting perspective where, you know, I'm a huge Braun fan, whereas you're not. And it may be vice versa on Samoa Joe now. And it may be more where I don't have the background and coming back into it. I don't mm-hmm. have his history, but I'm just not a Joe fan. Um, where similar to maybe like the Shayna style where it just, it's a slow, more methodical, you know, wrestling technique. Um, like I don't care for his mic skills uh, listening to some of uh, the Cedric Phillips podcast um, and then, you know, saying on there that AJ can't really go toe to toe, like out in the ring with Joe on a promo. Um, I, whenever I hear Joe start to talk, I kind of just tune out cause I'm not a fan of his promos. Like he's uninteresting. Mm-hmm. And then even watching the match, like I tune into wrestling to kind of see like, penultimate like athletic performances that you know i'm supposed to suspend disbelief and and some of that stuff so like watching the match between you know dolphin and seth which we'll get to um or you know some of the other matches um where just it's something where like i i'm not realizing or like i i don't ever think i should put myself in that situation but when i see like aj like throw joe into the ropes And then his shorts basically fold over from the fat on his stomach, whereas that's what my running shorts do when I go for a run. I'm like, there's nothing there. Like, that's – like, for me, that's pulling me out of it where I'm like, dude, like, you're Mm -hmm. not in shape. Like, yeah, you're bigger, but it's like – it's something where, yeah, he could get you in a calf crusher and that's going to be it, like – you're if all you're doing is going out there being like a disgruntled asshole, but you're not really and yeah, you may be hitting the gym, but you're definitely not watching what you eat because Samoa Joe is definitely heavier than when I saw him, you know, in the the live event here oh. in January. So it's like if you're <laughs> like if you're just not if if you're if you have the fat roll that I have, like why do I care about you being like this penultimate like action figure, yeah. like real life action figure? And I just don't give a shit.
1: So, yes. So I will say I totally understand. I didn't necessarily understand how you didn't like AJ's ring work, um, but I'm glad you came around to that. With Joe, I completely understand why you necessarily wouldn't like him. Um, realistically, for me, I have nostalgia glasses mm-hmm. on for Joe uh, with Joe's TNA run because uh, a for, couple things. First off, he didn't always have the body of a deli person as an. <laughs> A person who works at the deli at your local grocery store. Um, not someone from New Delhi. Okay. Um, <laughs> um. I don't even know where the fuck that is. Um. So. Um, he used to be in. Sh- he used to he, oh He would. Always, he always had that larger person physique. But he used to really be in shape. And used to do crazy stuff. Um that insecurity that he would do in the corner, he used to like, actually like be able to hit somebody in the head. And now it's like, there's not shoulder. enough. Uh, there's no, yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh my God, he kicked him in the shoulder. Like, uh, he, so Joe used to be, Joe used to be in shape and that's the issue, which fundamentally comes down to the issue that you have with Joe's promos is that Joe's promos aren't believable from someone with his body type. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Now, back in the day, like, yeah, Joe can cut a fucking nasty-ass promo. But the thing is, is that when he looks like, you know, it's Jim from, you know, noon to noon 30. And then it's the rest of the time as he's waiting in the line at a Harris Theater, powerlifting Twinkies to his mouth. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I will say, like, it's one of those things where it's like it, his promos aren't believable. Like, yeah, he just comes up. And he's an asshole, but he's like, a, he he seems like well, he's just gonna get his ass kicked mm-hmm. because that's the way that it would work in real life. Is that he would come out, he would talk some shit to somebody, and he would get his ass kicked because he's out of shape. And like, I'm not one. Look, I'm I'm not like a body person because I'm fucking not one to talk. But like, when it comes to something like that, I'm like, you know, and yes, it's hard to stay in shape on, on with the WWE schedule the way that it is. I totally get that. But with that being said, like, you know, Joe's got to kick it up a little bit. But I mean, you can see, I, I, I,
0: you know, give him a lot of credit there, but you see guys like somebody with the same physique style, Big E is able to do that in the same body type, the same, you know, uh, if we're going back to NH or going back to the original 8-bit Nintendo uh, ice hockey game, you have the skinny guys, you have the medium Mm -hmm. guys, you have the fat guys, like both Big E and or both Biggie and uh Joe are you know the fat guy frame but there's one yes. that you can tell actually puts the effort in and another one that doesn't similar to that with you know Kevin Owens um where just on the the match list that I'm I'm scrolling through he's in the one under the the new day match um mm-hmm. but it's like I I have no interest in anything you're saying or doing when all it is, is just like this, like I I don't want you to bring it closer to reality. It's kind of like the difference between, you know, the Marvel movies and the DC movies that we've talked about before, like the Marvel Mm -hmm. movies are bright and shiny and the DC movies are, you know, this gritty realistic type stuff that's, you know, so dark and stormy. It's like, no, like you can spend a little bit more time in the gym and some more time off TV if you need to, to, to have help me suspend that disbelief in like your performance.
1: And, and I will say this, you know what's bad when Kevin when you look more out of shape than Kevin Owens? <laughs> like Or I totally get what you mean by like like with Kevin Owens. And with like guys yeah. if, with guys with that body top is type is that guys have always with that body type have always been around pro- professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yes, Biggie is on the extreme of absolutely being cut. Uh big big uh big wool. Um but you know with joe and and owens it's not necessarily it's like there's just something where it's like and i part of it is because they've definitely had their uh, the almost the flanderization of their characters Mm -hmm. um and and that doesn't help either but it's just like you look at it when it's like these guys that are supposed to be billed as badasses and like with kevin owens it was kind of like people tried. To one of the things online that I see in some of those, they try to argue that they have the real tough guy physique. The issue is, is that when you have guys with that body type, they have to be doing crazy feats of strength to to, stri- to offset that. Right. So it's like you know you can't have Kevin, like a guy like Kevin Owens. Like that's why I fucking love the pop up power bomb from Kevin Owens when he first came out when he was like that heel, like no nonsense heel when they were building him up he wasn't a monster but he looked like they were selling him as someone who could okay well he's not in great shape but he could kick your he ass gets back anyways. up the shit talk right right and the thing with joe is that i don't think joe's won a fucking match in years <laughs> and like <laughs> joe's gonna come out i'm a shit talk i'm gonna weasel my way into this championship match uh aj i'm gonna fuck your wife and be a father to your daughter and like it's just not it's just not there like you know, because there's no – it's not that – all that brutality and everything doesn't necessarily – it doesn't feel earned. And, like – and that's the big problem with Joe is that you see Joe, he can cut a fantastic promo. Yes, he's out of shape. But even if you overlook that, the brutality for his character doesn't seem earned. He seems like, he seems like the kind of guy that gets distracted by, like – you know, like <sighs> – He doesn't like with the way that his body type is right now is like in the way that they're booking that character, he seems more likely to be distracted by a five, uh, uh, you know, a $5 sub at Subway Mm -hmm. than like the WWE championship, which is fine because I'm much more distracted by a $5 foot long sub at Subway than the WWE championship. I'm also not wrestling for the WWE championship, possibly on a nightly basis. (laughs) Like, I just like the, the and because of that, that brutality doesn't feel earned, so it's like, yeah, he can cut a scathing promo, but what does it mean when he's not trying to channel that rage or that frustration um into anything uh, I, I, like I don't know, like it, i I wish I missed in show in shape, Joe. And like I really, it, I think it really shows the problem of the booking, right? Like because you can't book those guys that way. Like they still have to be ruthless, but they also have to be strong. They don't get booked like they're strong. Yeah. Like I haven't seen Joe. I haven't seen Joe use a muscle buster in years.
0: I think that they did end up talking about like setting one up in the match, but I don't think he actually pulled it off.
1: Yeah, like, you know, if, if he's not going to use that, like, you guys got to, like, he can't cohen a clutch everybody. I mean, for fuck's sake, I've seen, you know, I've seen if search a slaughter still putting fucking Heath Slater to sleep whenever the fuck he's on TV with a fucking Cobra clutch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not doing anything for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean?
1: Like, if Slaughter can do it to a fucking virile, <laughs> a young <laughs> virile athlete what the fuck is Joe doing it? Like, like it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got that. Oh God.
0: So, uh, going from, that match of, uh, you're going from the match with the the least physical acumen, um, from one of the counterparts to, uh, another match that has, uh, four wrestlers in there that I end up, uh, f- finding myself more attracted to every week, uh, between, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Seth, uh, with their, uh, their compatriots there. Um, uh, and we, we didn't record last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it before SummerSlam happened, uh, about the, the return of, of Dima Ambrose. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, am ready to change my name to Mark because whatever Dean is selling, I'm pretty much buying at this point. Um, the, they, they set that, you know, return up perfectly, um, you know, choreographed it as, as, far as staging and actually executing the last 10 minutes of raw pretty well. Um, so at this point I'm probably just watching, you know, the last half hour of raw every week and saving myself two and a half hours. Um, but that was, you know, exceptionally well done, especially with Renee, uh, um, commentating that, that episode, um. But this this was a match where I felt uh, vindicated from the Iron Man match previously. Um, at w- mm-hmm. what was that was the last one at what uh, Extreme Rules, right? The Iron Man match was Extreme Rules. Um, I, yeah. So this one felt better where it didn't have the shitty dusty finish like it did last time. Um, there wasn't a ridiculous overt amount of interference by uh, McIntyre um, or. Uh, you know ambrose for that matter um but it, it was the match itself was good but i mean as as ripped as as ambrose is and kind of the role he's playing now um the with the, the look and everything it that was an all all around like uh you know a plus for me to, to start the night and especially with uh seth winning the belt i was happy with that one
1: yeah like um like so that was fine like um that match was fine. Why do I feel like I blacked out of that match?
0: It was I mean, it was the, the first one of the show, so depending on how uh, how tired you were when you started, uh you may or may not remember all of it. And it was only one yeah, of the it was one I of remember- the only matches to go like over the 20 minute mark. It was like that and and one of the other and the the Ms. Daniel Bryan match that were the only other long match of the night.
1: Oh. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, like I mean, that's fine. Like, I like the fact that they're, they've they gone back to uh, focus Dean and not yelling at a plant Dean. Yeah, exactly. Um, because God, when he was WWE champion, I don't want to say Dean Ambrose's reign as WWE champion was akin to Diesel's. But fuck. <laughs> like that reign was so no one cared. Like he looked like I remember he literally went on Steve Austin's podcast during that reign. And Austin was like, it looks like you're fucking phone at it in. An and Dean was like, I'm not. And like, dude, it fucking like it looked like it was like it, it did. Like, you know, I like the thing is, is that those guys, like, guys like uh, I almost call them John Moxley. Uh guys like Dean Ambrose. Um, like, they did a lot of really good, really good character work on the Independent. Mm-hmm. But the issue is that you can't necessarily translate all that over. So how do you do, do PG crazy? Yeah, right? exactly. Because they're not going to let you be – they're not going to let you you know, hold a reporter hostage for an entire episode of Raw. You know, um, they're not going to let you do that. So I guess you're going to yell at a plant and come up with Judy Bagwell on a pole style level yeah, exactly. matches. <laughs> and, you know, it's it just it, – it, I I like there's the thing I think the key if they keep booking Dean the right way for his return because so he's got some heat coming from the return um, is if they book him is still as crazy but they let him be ruthless then crazy if that makes any sense yep exactly so like you know you know if he wants to talk about fucking Mitch you know. Let him talk about Mitch after beating the shit out of fucking Dolph Ziggler for fucking 40 minutes. And then he's literally just standing. You want to be unnerved. Like, that's what he needs to work toward. That's what the, the character needs to work towards is because that's how you get the unhinged that they're basically were going for. You know, you don't get that when you come out and cut a five minute promo about a fucking plant. And then Jericho is like, you it, what the fuck Jericho was doing at the time? And, like, it gives that character more definition. Like, look, I like Seth. Like, I really like Seth Rollins. I think he's a really good worker, and he's arguably putting on some of the best matches on a consistent basis lately. Mm-hmm. Seth really have a character right now? Uh, I mean, he,
0: like, it, like, it doesn't seem like he has much of a character aside from just being himself. Um, or yeah. as, as much as, you know, the Seth Rollins persona itself. Um and just you know, just playing up the the CrossFit Jesus type thing. Like, I mean, there's not much <laughs> that uh, he's doing as as opposed to being like the anti Dolph Ziggler. Like when the, he came out at the end of the match after, um, or at the end of the the you know contract signing, um, when Ziggler already signed it, and he's just like, whoa, 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 like, sorry, you guys had to sit through that Dolph Ziggler therapy session, stuff like that. Like, I mean, he's just being antagonistic to uh, Dolph, who is like the complaining, like snarky heel. Um, and so that's where it seems like for the past, probably two months, like that was his main character. Um, so I, I don't know where that's going to take a turn now that they, you know, came down as the shield, uh, as part of, uh, this Monday's, uh, episode, um, for all, uh, with the, the title match between Reigns and Finn and uh Strowman coming in to cash in. So that could be something where there's more uh uniqueness coming back to each of the characters of the shield. Um but I I mean I, I was perfectly happy with, you know, just Seth going out and putting on kick ass matches week in and week out. Like I didn't really need much more than what he was already doing.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need more either, but like, I don't know. It would be nice. Just the thing is, is that I don't want them to get complacent with writing those characters. I feel if I ever was basically in charge of a promotion or a head writer for a promotion, um, I've, I don't know if we've actually talked about this, but my idea of booking is that everyone basically has their own path and you help realize you help the audience realize that, every character has their own path mm-hmm. and that they're complex people. So like, you know, basically it it'll, it, it allows characters to flip between heel and face in certain situations more e- easily. And like, gives them that depth of character. Like, you know, so-and-so is going to be bad against 97% of the people, but there's one person that he really hates. It's just like comic books, right? Like, you know, Loki is a bad guy, you know, against 97% of the situation until a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what I think they should do. And like, I just hate to see them get complacent. And like, you know, I like, I, I miss the Seth Rollins. That was ruthless. Like, I miss that Seth Rollins a lot. Um, You're not getting that right now. And I don't necessarily think he needs to be a heel to be that, but like, it, it has to like, The stuff has to matter. I don't even know. This is so fucked up, but I don't even know if that Intercontinental Championship matters. Like, I mean, I I still think it definitely does in
0: the obviously during the reign of um, of Lesnar. I mean, it was the only singles title that was, you know, being actively defended on Raw um, since uh, Lesnar was nowhere to be found. And then the women's title wasn't really being interacted with that much on raw um so i, I yeah. mean that was kind of like the red brand's main title um and it was the only like intrigue that they had for you know title shots that you know of stuff being on the line um and i i think that above all like out of all the other ones based on the universal championship being created um the WWE championship, uh, being renamed multiple times and bounced around and all that stuff. Like the IC belt is still the same one that still has the same look, the same feel and the history of when, you know, Shawn Michaels had it, when Bret Hart had it, um, mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. So I still think that there is definitely uh weight to the, to the IC belt where it's the one where it's like, you're, when you, when you're the IC champ, like it, it legitimizes you as, um. Somebody who is you know a worker and is able to to carry uh the majority of the business, and it's not something that's spiky where you need you know a rocket up your ass push to be able to to you know hold the belt and be on TV and, and get you over and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that makes sense. Like, I think, I think, like, and I get that, and I don't want to say it's like what I say, I probably misspoke. It's like it's not necessarily that I like I feel like it doesn't matter. It's just like, what are the stakes for Ziggler? And Rollins to have that title. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's one of those things where it's like. Ziggler's held it like 90 times. Seth's been a multiple world champion. Like that belt. Like the thing. The reason that the Miz. People always say the Miz brings that belt up. Is because the Miz is so desperate. Like you look at the Miz. And you just go. He needs this belt. Like the belt doesn't need him. And that's I think that's the issue that I have with the Rollins and the Rollins and Ziggler feud is that both of those guys are above that belt. They're not trying to prove something by having that belt. Like, you know, that belt could of like functionally be placed by the fish that Rusev threw at Lana like years ago. Mm -hmm. And like it would be the same. The stakes would feel exactly the same it's because it's like it, like both of these guys you know are above it and it necessarily feels like they don't need it and i think that's an issue that's basically been caused by the jam up with the wwe or excuse me the the jam up with the wwe universal title
0: yeah exactly um
1: and you know so i think that's like unfortunately that's just like a bad book that's like a bad booking thing like for feuds like that for when you take your high your your up your upper card guys and basically move them to your mid-tier mid-tier title the thing is is that that feud has to be about something else besides the title because realistically it's the fact that those guys are fighting so hard over that title which is what they used to do back in the day is that think if you think about all the iconic feuds for that title they were never actually about the title. they were about the two guys that hated each other and one of them happened to be worked really hard to become champion. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't just and about like, the belt. It was it was about the other yeah. person. And I don't get I don't get that at all with I don't get that at all with those guys. Like it doesn't cause it doesn't feel like it's about the belt and it doesn't feel like they just hate each other. It it feels like they're just, you know, they're just two guys showing up to work. And I hate to say that, like, I like both of those guys a lot. And I some of them, like, they have good matches. It's just, like, the it's weird. It's, like, the chemistry is not completely there for the two of them.
0: I don't think you have many rivalries or arcs right now um, in the – on the main roster between mm-hmm. either of them where you end up having – That type of rivalry now where, again, based on the writers that they have, you end up having things that are contrived for three months and then moved elsewhere, contrived for three months and then moved elsewhere. So you don't have a lot of the stuff, whether it be kayfabe, real, otherwise, where you just don't have the... Mm -hmm a real interaction that you would like in back in the day where generally like uh, uh, we haven't really recorded since last week either when Jim Neidhart passed. Um, I mean, we Mm -hmm. talked about it on some messenger, but we really haven't really mentioned it. Um, but since that time over the weekend, I ended up watching a lot of the stuff that they had on the, the WWE network, um, for some of the, the Hart family documentaries that they have. Um, there was one on there for like heart and soul. Um, and as much as they covered, you know, um, Natalia's mom on there as being the, one of the, the Hart family children um, and the, the work that her dad did with, with Brett and everything. There was just as much on there as far as Owen being, um, you know, a, a great wrestler and all of that. And my entire childhood growing up, like Owen to me was a complete asshole. He was a whiny baby, even when he was, you know, wrestling with the anvil. Um, and they had those ridiculous nineties era, um, coco beware style jumpsuits and all of that stuff he was just <laughs> a complete absolute dick everywhere and like it made me like hate him as you know not even just a wrestler but you know as a person and you know a lot of that where only in recent years did i realized, like the name that triple h took as the game was originally you know came or thought up for, for Owen, um, because it was, he was, uh, hands down by everyone in the locker room thought to be that good of a wrestler where he, he was like, he didn't like owe it to anything. He was, you know, far and beyond, like he just didn't play it. He defined it. Um, and there was nobody that, you know, said a bad word about him. Everybody wanted to work with him, whether he was putting you over, or you were putting him over. It was, you know, 110% sweat equity all the time. Um, and I just, seeing that compared to you know and the the way they opted the arcs and and wrote them and and stuff like that and seeing and maybe it was because i was younger but even then going into my teens when some of that stuff happened it was i was still you know of a decent age and it wasn't where i was you know six years old or something um but i i just i don't see the quality of persona being generated you know, now, as opposed to to some of those, those older, older ones. Um, So I think that that is a a downfall of that as well, um, where you end up seeing the, you end up seeing kind of the social media era type um, popularity contest for these characters, as opposed to having them defining these long drawn out personas where you need guys to turn heel. You need guys to go back to faces. You need guys to generate, you know as much popularity as as they can so that they're they have all the social media activity um and it's like okay how many different pieces like what what are the different pieces of the puzzle i can line up to do this as opposed to having guys entrenched in long-term arcs or you know personas or, or or feuds with with folks where i just don't think it happens anymore
1: yeah like i and that's my big thing too is that like and you're you're like you're 110% right is that there's not that uh, there's the characters aren't like they used to be, which in a way is fine. But like, I think what like brings a big point of um a big thing is that I don't know if you were I don't know if you were watching, but when they basically moved John Cena down the card uh, recently. Because uh, he was getting ready to basically head off to Hollywood and do all that, mm-hmm. they put they put the title they put the United States title on him, and they basically let him play that up. And he had like John Cena was arguably the best part of whatever the fucking show he was on. I can't remember if it was Raw or SmackDown for months because of that open because of that open challenge. That he was doing, which added some meaning to it. It added, like, he's basically trying to prove that he can still go. It was the first singles title that he held in the WWE. Like, I mean, like, that kind of history. Like, the first single title that Seth held was the World Championship. Mm -hmm. He didn't care. He didn't care. I mean, why why would he ever care about the Intercontinental Championship? Unless, like, he hated Ziggler enough to take it away. And, like, and that's the thing. It's, like, you know, these guys are trying to... It's all so manufactured now. And with that and you just want those moments where they feel like they could actually end up going and you know the fight there has to there has to be a reason for the fight and we don't we don't get the reason anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that ends up being the way the way it's handled, the way it's booked, the way it's written. Uh, the majority of it ends up being like, that's an afterthought where it's like, no, you don't need to know the reason. Like, these guys are here, they're arguing, like, that's what matters, as opposed to, you know, uh, based on the kind of the, the context for the Hart family, like, a lot of the... Written and long drawn out animosity between, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Like that was something that, you know, people had vested interest in on either side, as opposed to now it's like, okay, well, what's the next pay-per-view that they're setting up? That is the exact same match you're going to have at the end of Raw every week for the next three weeks. And then whatever the next one is after that, that's what they're going to have for the the same exact match for three weeks after that. And I mean, that's just kind of what they end up, you know, iterating now where it's, and I, I I completely get like all the complaints you see online and, and everything about, um, the way that they're treating WWE fans and everything, but people keep coming back even though Raw has had, uh, you know, some of the worst numbers in, in its history recently. Um, but it's, I mean, how much are they going to do to change that? I don't see much um, because it's kind of, you know, it's going as is and they just sold SmackDown to, um, to Fox to, to kind of change that. Um, so I, I don't really think that they're going to, really uh change uh, too much of the the style going forward um so it's kind of you know just suck it up and take it for now and just uh, hopefully they get you know more of the value in the ring and they can show it as opposed to thinking that there's going to be more promos as far as you know guys coming out and talking that actually makes sense
1: yeah yeah i i don't even know i don't even know anymore with them but um were there any other matches that you really wanted to hit?
0: Uh, I mean, let's see the, I was I, I, as a Braun Strowman, Mark, um, I was very happy to see like him just demolish Kevin Owens and just, I, for, for like, I'm like a, a toddler who just is able to roll over for the first time when I see him do his like around the ring, like he swirls his finger in the air and then he just does like the running shoulder blocks, like outside the ring. That just makes me like uh, giddy. Um, so doing that and destroying Kevin was fun. Um, like I'm glad similar to like a lot of the other championship dilemmas that we talked about. I'm just glad they got the belt off Carmela, um, where, Oh, god, like, I mean, it's, she's, she does good work on the mic. Like she's perfect. On, she's fine on the mic, but then like, I just can't stand her wrestling in the ring because she hasn't wrestled a match. And so the kind of the, the burn that they did in the promo earlier in the week where like Charlotte was like, you're a diva in the women's division was a hundred percent spot on. Um, where like she, she was a hundred percent all of her matches for since she got the belt have been divas era matches where she hasn't really wrestled. And it's all been obviously, you know, uh, James Ellsworth Ellsworth in a shark cage type matches. Um, so to get the belt off her and give it to, either Becky or Charlotte is fine. Um, I like the angle that they're playing now with, you know, Charlotte having a belt and Becky being pissed off. I don't think it's going to end up with the heel turn for Becky that they think, like, I still think Becky is the face in this situation. Um, mm-hmm. And where she's the, the jilted uh, face and Charlotte is the deserving heel. Um, and so, yep. you know, Charlotte just plays that heel role much better. And that was another one where, when we first, when we first got back into it, I wasn't a huge Charlotte fan Um and she was annoying. And like, I, I thought like she generated the genuine heat from me that the heel should, but like now seeing her and, and watching some of the matches and just seeing the athleticism that she has, like she is hands down, like the best wrestler in all of the, in, in either women's division. Um, and so just seeing what, uh, what they'll do there is fine. And so I, I could have ended up seeing that one be go either way. Um, but just having that belt come off of Carmella is, was made me happy. Um, and then the only other one that, you know, is worth mentioning is, is still the, the Ms. Daniel Bryan one where, you know, for, for lack of a, and anything else in, in the ring, um, uh, I don't know if, if you've started watching much of uh, Miz and Mrs., um, but since I kind of got backdoored back into wrestling through Total Divas, um, all of the other, you know, uh, network television or cable television reality shows that I'm interested in now. Um, and with the kind of the insight into Lana and Rusev that Total Divas has given me, and that's given me much more of an appreciation for uh, for Rusev with what he has to put up with from, from Lana, um, the... I wanted to kind of check out Miz and Misses, and I've actually, you know, come around on on the Miz a lot there, just because of that and and a lot of the work that he does, and and very much the in the 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 pattern of John Cena with being a very hard worker and stuff, and obviously not taking away from Daniel Bryan, but just the match itself was good. I liked a lot of it. Um, I knew showing, uh, um. Maurice at ringside that something was going to play into it. I was hoping it wasn't another baby doll. Um, but I, I, you know, I was totally not surprised when she handed him the breast knuckles and, and he uh, knocked out Daniel Bryan on that one. Um, but that was another one where I was like, I, I was genuinely interested in that match because I'm like, I have no idea. I absolutely have no idea how this match is going to end. So I just want to see them tell me a story. Um, so that, that was a good one. And I, I think that one out of all of them, you know, came closest to what you were just talking about as far as caring about why they're, they're there in wrestling mm-hmm. um, because they had such, you know, a backstory for, you know, the past eight years or whatever. Um, so, I mean, between those two matches, I was, I was pretty happy with those. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, other than that, there, there really wasn't much else that was, you know, anything to write home about, but other than what we already talked about. So, I don't know if you had anything else on those two.
1: Oh that uh that match is always good. Um it, and that's the thing is that the Miz try M- the Miz is one of those guys who there was a point there before when you weren't necessarily before you got like back into it, uh where the Miz was arguably the best thing about Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. for like f- two to three years. Uh simply because the Miz is really good at making you hate him. At the same time of adding up to his own clout. You want to talk about somebody who doesn't look like they should be in a wrestling ring. You know, the Miz isn't a great wrestler.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But he it's, you know, it gets you through enough. I've always I've always enjoyed the Miz. Um, And Daniel Bryant. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that actually goes um how his comeback actually comes back uh per se cuz i we they really need to they need to they need to put him somewhere um there would be more payoff with the feud um but that's a perfect feud for for a for a title to be involved right because there's that history of the two of them now it makes sense Daniel O'Brien's trying to about his comeback to show that he can still prove it. Miz is your defending intercontinental champion or whatever. Or a U.S. champion. My boy, show they're on, they're on SmackDown. So, be U.S. champ, mm-hmm. like, you know, Then he, it's just like, and he's trying to like, you know, he's trying to prove that by overcoming the Miz and the Miz is just, you know, so arrogant and so full, like, you know, that makes sense. Like that gives meaning to that title. Because if somebody were to win that, there, like, you know, that's like the perfect kind of feud that has a title. Like every feud should basically be working towards one of those titles. So like you could plug the title in and it would make it better. Because that's what would make sense. Like, you know, and that's the thing too. It's like that match wasn't too bad. Um, I can't remember any of the other card.
0: Uh, I mean there wasn't much the it was kind of annoying that the Bludgeon Brothers and New Day match ended in a DQ, although the New Day ended up getting the belts Tuesday night in a in a match there. So I don't know if that was maybe a sort of a botch finish based on uh, Big E uh possibly sustaining a uh an actual rib injury, so they couldn't, you know, finish as expected. So they just kind of shut it down. Um before kind of going at it again on Tuesday. Um, and I haven't read any of the dirt sheets or anything like that to follow up with that, you know, just kind of seeing what's there may have made sense. Um, nothing that I gave any shits about on the actual, you know, kickoff show, uh, between the mixed tag match for, uh, Rusev and Lana versus, uh, Andrade Almas and, uh, Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. um, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight Championship, which is, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I like all the matches that Alexander are in, but just, again, nothing to write home about. Um, and then the B team versus the Revival, um, which I, I guess like mo- more for the the promos that they're cutting, the B team is actually somewhat interesting, but um, I just don't really care one way or another. And um, the mutton chops that one of the guys in the Revival has just makes me not stop laughing, so I can't really take anything they do seriously. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: where 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 are Sheamus and Cesaro? Uh,
0: good point. And that's where. They're, they're, uh, and then the only other match that we didn't talk about was Nakamura and Hardy. Which for a man who's supposedly injured in Jeff Hardy, he's taking a lot of hard bumps and doing a fucking Swanton bomb off the the top rope onto the the ring apron. Um, so you know. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but there were a couple of tweets that I saw where it was like you could have an excellent uh, pay-per-view uh, card with everybody who wasn't showing up at SummerSlam, where you have the Bar, the Usos, um, and uh, you know a handful of other people that you know that are that have main-evented pay-per-views that that weren't there on this ridiculous marathon of a night. So um, th- that was a, a kind of a good question that I saw as well.
1: Yeah, like, um, I, yeah, it's very, so that match actually wasn't too bad. I like Nakamura and Jeff Hardy's Jeff Hardy. Um, It really seems like the way that they're doing, they're booking Jeff Hardy is that, yes, he's injured. But I think they're probably just going to try and um,
0: run him into the ground.
1: Yes. No, I think they're probably going to try and write him off so he can get fixed up. And then because this the match at SummerSlam was basically the blow-off match between the Jeff Hardy's blow-off rematch. Mm-hmm. So I can see them taking him off TV for a little bit, let it, letting Randy Orton be heel, and then you know let Jeff Hardy come back at a certain time frame depending on how serious his injury is. Also, I think it's one of the Bludgeon Brothers is actually injured. Okay, they had a, a, a torn bicep. that's why they they went and took the belts off of him on Tuesday. Um, because he actually has to go get surgery. Um, so yeah uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I mean overall, I think I saw the ratings of the show being a B minus. I believe that's correct.
0: Uh, I mean, it's kind Um, of the the way that uh, Cedric uh, was talking about on on his uh, preview of it where every time that they have a – a card that they're excited for, it ends up being a shit show. And every time that there's a card where it's just mad, this is like barely meeting a pay-per-view event. Um, it ends up, you know, blowing the roof off. Um, so it was the, the fact that they were able to pull a couple of swerves. Um, some of the, more of the matches were more mildly interesting than expected. They finally got the belt off of Braun with this being something where it was so large, we were expecting it to be a, an absolute shit show. And then having a surprise for some of it, I was, I was pretty happy. So it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would call this one a, a, you know, a mild success in the form of one of the big four where it was like, bravo, you did your job not like, holy shit, this was amazing. Um, whereas like W or on, uh, on Raw on Monday, triple H came out and, uh, cut a promo for the match that he's having with the undertaker in October in, uh, in Australia. Um, and he was—he came out saying, you know, Saturday night, uh, NXT was here. Uh, they took over and, and blew the roof off this place. And then Sunday night, SummerSlam, it took it a level higher. And I was like I, – I was literally waiting to hear what he was going to say, like how he was going to describe SummerSlam compared to NXT because it was almost three times as long, but you had – two quality matches as opposed to five quality matches. Um, so it was just interesting to see the way he was able to just, you know, keep going without even, you know, missing a beat or whatever and just, you know, slinging that bullshit. But um, that was funny where it was like, yeah, like you guys, you know, you, you delivered a quality product, you know, you uh you know, um you definitely hit the moon on Saturday night. Um, but then Sunday it was like, okay, like you you know, golf clap, you did your job for one of the big four pay per views, but it wasn't anything major to write home about. So I I mean yeah. it was it was worth it, but it wasn't anything ecstatic.
1: Yeah. No, and that's absolutely I think that's a really good way to to sum that up too, because it just didn't it didn't it didn't it, it it was fine like it was fine like watching it it was fine um is it a pay-per-view or it show some show someone to get them into wrestling no yeah um you know and, and that's the big issue is that they're not having the uh that quality to get people into into it um and that's my that's my big thing but the, the pay-per-view overall was fine um I'm not looking forward to WWE Super Slam. Doo, 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 doo. Um, like I don't, that's just another one of those blow off shows. And then I guess you have Survivor Series in November.
0: Uh, Well, Hell in a Cell is sometime in September um oh. so you got hell in a cell and then you got the superstar showdown in melbourne i don't know if they're doing another october pay-per-view and then you've got survivor series in november so we'll see how we'll see how that goes
1: yeah i'm uh hell i don't oh, know no, no, i you think
0: you've also they've also got evolution in october
1: okay so we're looking at a super shit show for hell in a cell then
0: so i mean yeah hell um, in a cell is something where i i don't expect much and then i'm not a huge fan of the way they're booking evolution so far, but we can talk about that at a, at a future point. Um, as opposed to having a lot of great, uh, current superstar versus current superstar matches and nostalgia versus nostalgia matches. Um, they're, they seem to be mixing up current superstar versus, uh, nostalgia superstar for no reason whatsoever, just to have matches. Um, which seems completely pointless. Um, although I am hoping that they do introduce women's tag belts between now and then, cause that would make a little bit more sense there. Um, but I'm interested to see what they do from a storytelling perspective based on what they've done so far. It looks like it's going to uh, crash and burn if they keep going with all of these, you know, mixed era matches. Uh, but we'll see since again, it goes back to our, why the hell do we care uh, theme of the episode? Um, but yeah, so hell in a cell, then Evolution, and then uh, Survivor Series. So we'll see where that takes us into the Thanksgiving time frame.
1: Please listen carefully.